Welcome to the Dr. Nikki Star Show, a podcast to support you in your spiritual awakening and personal development. As a spiritual teacher, healer, and intuitive coach, my intention is to empower you to live your ultimate potential and your ultimate life. As a former medical doctor and mystic, my role is to bridge the gap between science and spirituality to support you in understanding more of your multidimensional aspects. I share on a diverse range of topics and it's all to support your greatest becoming. My mission is to continue reaching millions of people for the healing and awakening of humankind for the creation of the new earth. Thank you for being here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Nikki Star Show. I'm your host, and we are in season three of Love and Relationships. In today's podcast episode, I want to share on the nuances between soulmates, twin flames, and divine counterparts. And sometimes they say divine complements as well. And I want to talk about the nuances today because they all serve a different function in our lives and they're all equally powerful and equally beautiful. And depending on where you are in your journey, I know that for a lot of people who are not yet in relationship are often very curious about this topic. But of course, everyone's interested in this topic because the truth is, a soulmate can actually be a friend as well, like even when we talk about soulmate clients. So let's start with soulmates. So soulmates are and anyone who you have a soul contract with. So soulmates can be your children, they can be your parents, they can be work colleagues, they can be friends, they can be romantic connections as well, but it's quite a broad spectrum. And generally with a soulmate, you've had a past life together already. And you know a soulmate when you meet a soulmate because it's like that familiar feeling. You feel like you've known them forever and you have friends like that as well. But also if you meet someone that you may have a romantic interest in, when you meet them for the first time, there's often that familiar feeling like you've met before, you know them, they're really easy to talk to, you really feel this connection. The other thing that happens with soulmates as well as twin flames and your divine counterpart is that feeling of a magnetism. It's like you're drawn and there's that connection and it's like two magnets coming together. And this is because there is a soul contract to live out. So you can imagine that before you incarnated into physical form, that you were up in the ethers, you could say you were in the Akashic court space and you were making your divine plans for this lifetime with your mission and the things that you wanted to learn in this lifetime. So you with your soulmates, you said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is the role you're gonna play. You're gonna come into my life at this point and that point. But you could even say like to someone, you know, you're going to be that person that's going to give me the devastating news. It's going to change my life. Like you're going to be my boss who's going to fire me. And then I'm going to change my life and have my spiritual awakening, you know, down to this level. So soulmates exist on any form of a soul contract where you are destined to meet in this lifetime. And the thing that's cool about soulmates is that when you meet a soulmate, whether like, I even had like soulmate nail 
male people, you know, and soulmate clients for sure, where it's like, I know we've done so many lives together and we've been doing this work for, for lifetimes. And of course there are people I've been in relationship that I'm like, yeah, totally a soulmate. And then people that I just met and we could have entered into relationships and we were soulmates, but we chose not to. So choice still decides, even though you have a soul contract with a person. And the difference with a soulmate is that you can have it be platonic relationship or you can have it be a romantic relationship. So I've met, as I mentioned, certain friends that like the moment we saw each other, it's like we knew and we became really good friends. And those are the same friends that when time passes, even if you don't talk, you still have that connection and you feel each other from afar and you send each other good wishes, but you don't have to talk every day. And even like I've met like little kids where I've been like, wow, I know them from another life, you know, and then we don't go on to be friends because there's an age difference, but I recognize them. So what makes a soulmate significant is that recognition, that feeling of magnetism, like you want to be in their sphere, in their space. And you also jive. And the thing that's interesting about soulmates is that they don't always, you may have good karma with them, but you may also have quote unquote bad karma. I don't like to call it bad karma, but there may be things that are playing karma loops that are playing out in this life from stuff that was unresolved from past lives. So it could also be someone who challenges you that, and if you feel such an emotional charge from someone, this is still a form of magnetism. And you may, if you ever have the experience of meeting someone and you didn't necessarily jive right away, but you felt a strong emotion towards them, this person can also be a soulmate in the form of someone with un, that you have unfinished business with from another life. And it's our role in this life, if we're choosing a spiritual path, to make right all of our soul contracts. The other piece is our soul contracts are different with every person, every soulmate. So someone could come into your life for a season, a lesson, a lifetime. And usually once you learn the lesson from that soulmate, the connection and that magnetism kind of dissipates and it goes away. And the reason why the magnetism exists in the first place, that attraction, we can even call it, why you feel attracted to hang out with someone, you feel attracted to be in a relationship with someone, you feel attracted to be near or hang out with someone, is because there's something for you to learn from that person, from that relationship. Like I said, it could be platonic or it could be romantic. Now, the interesting piece too is generally when it's a romantic connection, it's a deep, I find that they can be deeper, harder lessons. And it's that attraction and the glue of love that keeps you there to learn the lesson because love is so yummy and beautiful. And that that's the solve. It's like the, it's kind of like the beauty with the pain. And if you didn't have an attraction, you'd be like, bye. But because you end up having the attraction, it keeps you there so you can work on that wound, that pattern, that trigger. And even, you know, with clients and friends, when people have shared with me about situations and things they're going through in their relationships, I often laugh 
because I always say that your intimacy space is the place where all of your triggers and your core wounds will come up, even the deepest things. Because a lot of times they'll say to me, yeah, you know, I don't get it though, because I was like, I felt like I was so enlightened before. I felt like, you know, I really was in a good place. And now all of these triggers are coming up and I feel this anger and I feel challenged in this relationship. And I'm like, yeah, it makes perfect sense because that attraction, all the yummy aspects of the relationship keep you there for the challenging aspects. And as we heal our wounds, our triggers, our traumas of the past, then if we're meant to continue to grow with the person, we stay, right? But once we learn the lessons, then the relationship can often dissolve. And I'm going to share about you can transmute relationships from soulmate and twin flame into divine counterpart. And when you get to the realm of divine counterpart, that's essentially a lifelong relationship. That's like essentially the one. And we'll get into that in a moment, but I want to stick to soulmates. And so oftentimes the people you are here to learn great, great lessons with can oftentimes and most likely be a romantic partner. The other person that they can be is your family, because oftentimes our family are really big soul groups. And what that means is you've incarnated with those people for many lifetimes. So for example, I know with my mother's family, we have incarnated together for seven lifetimes. And there's certain work that we're here to do together to heal our generational and ancestral line from things that have happened in lives before as well. And also connected to the feminine and also connected to the feminine in relation to the masculine. And so we have those soul groups and you can have multiple soul groups. So I know I have a soul group with my mother's family line. I also have a soul group connected to a spiritual community that I was a part of uh, for many years and we're still friends. And so I have a soul connection with them. And I also know I have soul connection with certain other light workers on the planet and that we've been doing this work for many lifetimes. And a lot of it is connected back to even our Egyptian lives together. And that also crosses over with um, the community as well. And, and so it's just beautiful. And, and really, I have found that it's very much connected to the spiritual path, because when you're on a spiritual path, you're carrying forth and especially if you feel you're here on a mission to help with the healing and awakening of humanity, as I do, this is not the only lifetime we've done this work. Like I was still doing this work when I was incarnated as a partisan in World War II, you know, and there's many ways. Like, so for my whole life, like in the Essene times, I was also doing healing work connected to the masses. In Egyptian times, you know, the the priestess work that I was doing there was really about bringing divinity onto the earth. And that's the same. The healing and awakening of humankind is connected to bringing our divine aspects more here in this physical plane. So it's very fun when we also like meet soulmates and, um, and see what the contracts are. And what's cool about that is you have free will in every moment. So like I said, you can choose to enter into contract or not. You can even choose to dissolve contracts without having to go into relationships. So a lot of my work with my one-to-one -one clients is contract work 
where we look at the karma, but in our relationships and we heal that so that we enhance our relationship in real time. So regardless if it's family, friends, romance, business, we can pull up the contracts, the soul contracts between us and other people. And we can say, okay, I'm not available for that anymore. And we can clear those contracts and then we can create new ones. So it's very powerful work that transforms our lives in a big way, in a beautiful way. And so next we get into twin flames. So twin flames are, it's said that our twin flames are the other half of our soul. That at one time when there were the battles um, between the different universes and dimensions and timelines and that humanity had lost in these battles. And we were originally more androgynous beings. And then we, to deplete our power, so you could say this is a myth, or you can say this is actually what happened. You can take it how you feel. And so to decrease our power, we were split in half. And we were kind of split into the masculine and the feminine half. And, and so this is where it's like your twin flame, where you both share a same soul and you come together Uh, And many people are looking to find this person. But the thing that's really tricky, the reason why it's called a twin flame is because this is the person that is your greatest mirror and is meant to catalyze your spiritual ascension the most, whether it be for pleasure, whether it's in pleasure or pain. And generally what decides that is how much spiritual work you both have done before you've met each other. And the thing about twin flames is you touch upon each other's core wounds the most. You also can often have parallel journeys or you could have complementary journeys. So you could be like complete opposites, right? And that's because if you think about it, you're split in half, you're, it's like the other half of you. So different people and different philosophies feel that twin flame energy can be really more of a complementary where you're very different. And then that's what creates the magnetism and the attraction, as well as some say that you have very similar paths and you can be the same. And there are a lot of websites out there and people out there that categorize the twin flame relationship as one avoidant and one, meaning one's the chaser and one's the runner and And this, all of this, I don't even want to get too much into that dynamic, but all of those dynamic come from when one or both people are not ready to show up and do the work or they have, or they have not done the work on their own, or they're not ready to enter into union. So if one doesn't want to enter into union, meaning relationship, then they'll, you know, want to run away and the other one really sees the potential and it can be very emotionally painful. It can be very challenging. But if both people are willing to go in and do the work, the amount of transformation and evolution that happens in the twin flame relationship is like lifetimes of healing and transformation. Because what you do is you burn through a lot of karma. And the reason why having a spiritual practice and having done emotional intelligence work is so important is because it helps to transmute the triggers and the challenges and the shadows. So a lot of twin flame dynamic can be a lot of shadow work. 
And it's good at some point in our life to do our shadow work because as we work on the shadows and we bring them into light, we integrate more of who we are. So we reclaim our power. And instead of shunning these parts away, we fully receive them, accept them, integrate them. And then they're no longer a shadow because the truth is to every aspect of ourselves that is light, there is an aspect to ourselves that is shadow because in this 3D dimension, we are in a polarity dimension. So there is light and darkness, but everything is divine and everything can be used for good and of the light and for love. It's just really how we choose to use it. So on our spiritual and ascension path, we are illuminating, we are enlightening. So we're bringing light to the shadows. And in our twin flame relationship, we really can do a lot of this work at a fast rate. And in some cases, you can choose to be with your twin flame. And other cases, you can come into contact with your twin flame and go through evolution, and it can help to prepare you for your divine complement or your divine counterpart. And the other piece is when you and your twin flame have worked out all of these pieces spiritually and karmically, and you've done the work and you continue to heal and evolve, you can transmute into divine counterparts. And the difference between the counterparts and the twin flame is the counterparts are less volatile, less emotionally volatile. You've done a lot of the karmic work. So the relationship is instead of being so dynamic and transmuting and uh, like I said, karmically burning, you shift into a more peaceful, harmonious relationship that supports creation. So you enter into a co-creative mode and the relationships more turns more into a dharmic relationship. So you shift from karmic to dharmic and dharmic means you're helping each other fulfill your missions on the planet in greater service and devotion for the highest and best good of all. So the scope and the focus of the relationship shifts from being all about each other and all about the relationship to how that the love and that co-creative force between you both can be shifted from doing your personal development, from healing, ascending shadow work, and it shifts out to the greater good. It shifts out into service. And I know that with my beloved and I, we really had a strong twin flame transmuting into vine counterpart type of relationship. And we did spend much time, especially in the beginning of our relationship, transmuting a lot of the karmas and helping each one of us heal aspects of our wounds, our core wounds, our shadows, our triggers, our traumas in relation to the masculine and feminine. And then there's been a beautiful inspiration for co-creative potential that even like the birth of the pot, like there's things that I've done through the healing and the transmutation and even the shadow work that has brought my world, my work to the world in a bigger way. And this podcast is one such one. Certain courses I've created, some new offerings like the abundance codes and even the course we created together, which is the journey to the beloved. And all of these things together are just like scratching the surface. But when we started shifting our energy to process from processing and 
working through our triggers and our shadows and, and then using that time to create things together, this is where it's clear that we started to really shift our energy. And then the less we were triggered, the more time we, we've spent in harmony and peace and just enjoyed the yummy energies of the relationship. And so spending more time, and that's really when we get into divine union. So when you're in divine union, and your divine, I would say your divine counterpart really is complementary to you. And, and really, I remember when I would do my manifestations, I wouldn't necessarily wish, at moments I would wish for my twin flame union, but I remember for a long time, it was really my divine compliment because why would I want to date someone who is exactly like me? Cause then we have the same things to share. Whereas I have found that dating a compliment is really creating a well-rounded experience and we have different gifts. We're good at different things. So when we come together, we're even more powerful. And all relationships are beautiful, of course. And I feel that you know in your heart what is the best match for you. And you also know in your heart when a relationship serves you and is serving your ultimate potential and is serving you embodied as your highest potential. And that is the key to choosing a spiritual relationship. And a spiritual partnership which can be any one of these. It can be a, a spiritual partnership with a soulmate, a spiritual partnership with a twin flame, a spiritual partnership with your divine counterpart or complement. And when you choose spiritual partnership, essentially you're both committing to your spiritual evolution and your spiritual development and co-creating a life together that is not only about yourselves and your unit family, but about for the greater good of all of humanity so that your love inspires others. Your love brings you out into the world in a way that is in devotion to the betterment of the world because by you choosing to become better and better every day and by you choosing as a unit, as a couple to get better and better every day, then you can then be of service to help the world become better and better every day. And I know that in my relationships where we've had moments of being on and off, what always brought us back together was there was an evolution. So anytime you show up differently and even better than before, and you make commitments and agreements to show up in a different way, and you actually do the shift, this is what I feel is telling you, keep going. The moment there's stagnation, the moment you're playing out the same loop over and over and over again, and there's really no shift or change, this is where you can be in what we might call a quote unquote toxic relationship. But if both people are evolving and both people are showing up differently and both people are looking at their shadows and the things that contribute in a quote unquote negative way, and you are then realizing and coming into self-awareness and choosing how to show up differently, then that's where there is evolution and that's where it serves you to continue in the relationship. And only you know that. You know when it's time to move on or if it's worth staying and continuing on in relationship. And you know when you meet someone, if you want to go into the contract with them or if you choose to say, nope, I'm good. And it's really choice. Everything is free will. But really willingness is one of the most potent things 
in relationship. And I think that if you meet someone who's willing to go on the journey with you, that it's worth it. And the last piece I'm going to say is I started to get into this topic where family, and so it's coming back in. So I want to jump back to soulmates, but essentially um, you have a strong soulmate contract with family and oftentimes have much karma to heal with people in your family because you chose to incarnate as related blood. So you really can never get rid of them, even though you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to, you might not talk to them. But your mother will always be your mother. Your sister will always be your sister. Your father will always be your father, your brother, your brother. So there's no, it keeps that bond for life. So oftentimes some of our greatest teachers and our greatest soul contracts come through our family. And I'm reminding and sharing this with you again. So as the holidays are coming up and, you know, Ram Dass said, if you think you're enlightened, go home and visit your family, then it's really of service to you to look at your family and say, okay, like how is this relationship serving my evolution? What does my family mirror in me? And where can I take responsibility for how I show up? And where can I transmute what's not serving relational dynamics? And this is a very powerful practice to have and a very powerful thing to do in your life and part of season three being about love and relationships and it crossing through the threshold of the holidays is to support you in having a more beautiful dynamic and so with that let me see if there's anything else that wants to be shared on this topic i think i think we're complete now so what we're going to do in the bonus content of this module. I'm not module. I'm thinking like this is a course, not module. Excuse me. If you want to go deeper in relationships, then you can go into the ultimate relationships course. Um, but in this podcast episode, we're going to go into you looking at a soul contract between you and another person. It can be a soulmate, someone you think is your twin flame. It could even be a past relationship, some soul contract, and we're going to do the rewriting of the contract. And I'm going to walk you through that process to support you in that so that you can enhance all of your relationships and really, or whichever relationship you choose and really take with you what's most serving and leaving the rest. And even if it's a relationship that you want to remain in, it can help to make the relationship even better. So with that, I send you so much love. I'll see you inside the bonus content next. Thank you for being here. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Dr. Nikki Star Show. Please like this podcast and share it with anyone you feel would benefit. Subscribe to the podcast to receive bonus content. And remember, every Monday, the video version goes live on my YouTube channel. Thank you so much for being on the Ascension Path with me and for doing this great work.